If you don't mind, turn with me to Genesis chapter 11. I want to read about, I want to read about three scriptures there. And we'll get going this morning. Genesis chapter 11, verse 27 is where we'll start. I'll read a couple scriptures there, then we'll skip a couple and jump down to verse 31. But Genesis 27, I'm sorry, 11 and 27. It says, this is the account of Terah's family line. Terah became the father of Abram, Nahor, and Haran. And Haran became the father of Lot. Verse 28. While his father Terah was still alive, Haran died in Ur of the Chaldeans in the land of his birth. Now skip down with me for one more verse to verse 31, and then we'll, we'll pray. 31 says, Terah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarah, the wife of his son Abram, and together they set out from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. Today, I want to, this morning, I want to share a story with you uh, about something I believe that you've probably, you may have even read these scriptures, but the, the, pers- the per- person in particular that I'm going to talk about, you've probably just read about them and you've kind of skipped over it. I had done the same thing, and, but I believe that God spoke to my heart just about one particular thought today uh, about this particular person. So won't you bow your heads with me? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just pray, Lord, over these next few moments, Lord, that your hand is on everything that comes out of my mouth, God. May your will be done in this service, Lord God. May you just let your perfect will be accomplished, God. It's not me that that does anything, but it's you who speaks through us, Father. And I pray, Lord, that every heart is ready to receive and every ear is open, Lord, and that you just let your will be done, Lord. Even if you speak to one person this morning, God, speak to them in a unique way. Touch their heart. Let your will be done in everything that happens in Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen, amen. So my style, before I get going here, my style of preaching is I, I always kind of start out slow. Like I'm, I'm like a methodical guy. I'm a little bit nerdy, all right? So like when I study scripture, I like go into every little detail. And I'll, I, I'm not one of these guys that will read a book and, and stay in one book for like, uh, you know, like 10 minutes. I'll stay in one book for like you know, 10 years, all right? So I, I like pick it apart. So, so I'm going to kind of start out a little slow, and, uh, and I'll do a little bit of that groundwork, but I believe by the time we're done, you guys will be like, okay, I get it now. I get where he was going, but it always takes me a minute to get there. So will you guys be patient with me this morning? Is that all right? All right, good, good. So uh, how many of you guys have ever heard of the man named Tara? Not a single person, right? Okay, me either, all right? So when I started reading this scripture, I had, you know, I've read, I've read the book of Genesis hundreds of times. I don't know how many times I've read through that book, but never before had I ever really sat down and, and, and paid any attention to a man named Terah. We know Moses, we know Paul, we know, we know Jonah, we know all these guys in the Old and the New Testament, but none of us really know anything about Terah. And it's a really sad situation because I believe Terah could have been a, a common household name for anybody who goes to church. He could have been Abraham. He could have been Isaac. He could have been a name that if I set up, set it from up here today, that you would be like, oh yeah, yeah, I know Tara. Tara did this and he did this, but he didn't. If this story had gone just a little bit different, Tara would have been a household name, but he wasn't, okay? Now in verse 27, we see that Tara is the father of three sons. Those three sons are Abram, who later becomes Abraham, Nahor and Haran. Right, the Bible, the Bible uh, often 
when it's when it's listing when it does genealogy stuff, they do some weird things. But one of the things that I've I've picked up on is when there's when there's two names listed together, often those two names are twins because there's twins. There's several instances in the Bible where where two names were listed together, they were twins. But in this case, there's actually three of these guys. These three sons are all listed together, which probably means that they were triplets. All right, so so Tara had three sons, three sons. So this poor lady had to give birth to three kids. Anybody had, anybody had triplets? Probably not. Anybody had twins? Okay, twins. All right, so can you imagine another one? God helped, God helped, this, God helped this family. So, so, so he had these three triplets, and, he, and they, were, you know, they were all three sons. And, and so we kind of know that, that right out of the gate that he's, he's got a handful, okay? He's got three sons, and he's got a handful, Second thing we notice in verse 28, it tells us that Haran, one of his sons, dies in the land of Ur where he was born. Now, one thing I thought that was pretty interesting here is that it, it fails to mention anything about Tara's wife. It doesn't mention her name. It doesn't say anything about her. It doesn't say when she was born, when she died. It doesn't say anything about her, period. But in the, in the, if you go down to verse 31, it actually goes into detail about Abram's wife. It goes into detail about Nahor's wife. And I just thought it was really odd. I thought it was really strange that the Bible, you know, went, you know it would, it, why it would go into detail about who his sons were and who, who, his, who his son's wives were, but it wouldn't even talk about Tara's wife. It wouldn't, didn't even mention her. It's like, she, it's like she didn't exist. It's like something happened and, and, and she, didn't, she, doesn't, she doesn't even exist. But what I believe possibly happened, I don't know this. I got no way to prove this, but I believe that she possibly could have died giving birth to those three sons because there's no mention of her. It doesn't say anything about her. So what I'm trying to set up for you, I'm trying to paint a picture for you so that you see what's going on with this family. You see that they've had it rough. You see that you've got, you've got, these, you've got this guy who's trying to raise these three kids on his own. You see this guy who's already lost his son. His son has died. I don't know how he died. I don't know when he died, but, but the, the point of it is that his son has died. His son has already left. So you see that this family is facing some tough situations. You see that this family, they're kind of messed up already. They're already hurting. They're already in a, in a difficult place. And, and I just wanted you to be able to see what's going on, where their state of mind is going into the rest of this message. All right? So the next thing we see is we see Tara is leaving the land of Ur to go to Canaan. Okay? Most of us have probably heard of Canaan, right? Canaan was a very popular place in the Bible. It's, it's one that you, there's a lot of scripture about Canaan. There's a lot of stuff out there. And most of us, when we think about Canaan, we probably think about Abraham because there's a lot of talk about Abraham being promised the land of Canaan. And, and, uh, but Terah was the one that, who left from the land of Ur to go to Canaan. It was him. It was his family. God wanted him to leave from where he was at and to go to the land of Canaan. And Canaan is one of those places uh, that when you hear it in the Bible, the Bible refers to it as a place of milk and honey. You know, it, just, it was a land that was just rich with resources. It was absolutely beautiful. If you study a little bit about Canaan, you'll find out that it was in the subtropical region. It was kind of like the same weather you would get in Florida. Praise God, I love Florida. Uh, and, you know, it's, yeah, it's hot in Florida right now. It's really hot. Like it's, you don't even want to go outside, but, but it's not going to snow come December. Praise God. I'm sorry about that. But, 
Uh, but so, so it, was, it was in one of those places. It was very nice. It was, it was probably a place in that region where you would go on a vacation. It was a desired place. It was a beautiful place. And the fact of the matter is God wanted Tara and his family to go there. He said, I want to bless your family. I believe he knew this family. Man, you guys have already been through all this stuff. You've been beat up. You've, been, you've, you've had a rough time. And I want you to go. Load the family up and go to Canaan. That's where I want you to go. And it was, and so originally, the original plan, it wasn't for someone else to go and inherit the land of Canaan. It was Terah. Terah was the guy that was supposed to go and inherit the land of Canaan. All right. Now, the scripture tells us that the family leaves from Ur and they, they head to Canaan. All right. So the trek to Canaan was a really, really, really long journey, okay? And you got to think, back then, they didn't, have, they didn't have trains, they didn't have planes, they didn't have automobiles, they had their feet, and they had maybe a donkey and maybe a horse, all right? So these guys are moving, all right? So when you move, you're not just going to leave everything you got there. You're going to pack your stuff up, right? So probably... Most likely, everything they had was packed up on a few donkeys or a few horses. And I'm guessing for the majority of this trip, they probably walked. Maybe they, had, maybe they were rich enough to have each have their own horse or their own donkey. But, but they, were, they were doing it the old school way. It was, it was, you know, it was a long trip to get somewhere. To get from, to get from Canaan, uh, or get, I'm sorry, from Ur to Canaan was about 1,200 miles. Can you imagine setting out on a journey and thinking, I'm going to walk 1,200 miles, okay? I'd be like, no, you know what? I think I'm going to stay right here, all right? I, I, you know, when, when they invent cars, I'll, 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 I'll take that trip. But, but so, so it was a long journey, all right? So from Ur to, the, to, the, to Haran was 600 miles. Essentially, it was about halfway, Okay, it's about halfway. So 600-mile trip. They're doing it the hard way. They're, they're walking. They're, they're maybe riding donkeys. They're, you know, it's, it's, it's not an easy trip. And when you study the terrain, I, I'm so nerdy. I got out a map, and I started looking at all these things, and I started looking at this area, and I, and, and I realized that when, when they were going from, from Ur to the, to the land of Haran, that it was all uphill. They were going through mountains, and it was all desert conditions. So imagine walking 600 miles with your entire family, with all your stuff, going uphill through a desert. So they, they, they do this for 600 miles to get to Haran, okay? Now, the name Haran, it means something I, I thought was pretty interesting. When I studied, started studying this name, I thought this was pretty cool. It means parched. Everybody say parched. Okay. Now, I'm going to date myself here, all right? Uh, I'm, you know, I, I, used to, I used to feel like I was a young guy. I don't feel like I'm such a young guy anymore. I feel like I'm starting to get old, so I don't even care anymore. I don't even care. If you guys think I'm old, I don't care anymore. Used, like five years ago, I would, have been, I would have been trying to act like I was young, but I've just kind of settled in, all right? I'm not a young guy anymore. So um, back in the late 80s, okay, I, was, uh, I remember when I, when I started studying this and I found out what the name here meant uh, for Heron, I found out that it meant parched. I, the first thing that came back to my mind was this music video. How many of you guys remember the group Genesis? Anybody remember them? Phil Collins. All right. Man, I thought there might be like two of us. All right. So, all right. So Genesis and Phil Collins. All right. So there was a video that came out in the early 80s. It was one of the best videos that was ever on MTV. All right. So, so if you're here in this service and you're young and you're finding out now that, that there was videos on MTV, 
thank you, all right, because that's, that's, that's how it was. It started. Back when MTV started, it was videos, all right? They played videos. It, was, it wasn't a bunch of shows, so anyhow. So, so I remember this video, and, and I just remembered, uh, I remember this one little scene from it, and I think they've got it queued up for me, so I'm gonna, in just a second, I'm going to have them play it, but it was this scene of, of uh, in, in this video, everyone in the video was was puppets? Even the band themselves, they were they were like life size puppets, and there was some le- some celebrities in there. I'm gonna let you see just a short little clip of it, uh, so you can see what I'm talking about. So go ahead with that. Okay, in case you're wondering who that was, that was Ronald Reagan. All right, he's not even alive anymore, but a uh, great president. But but when I saw when I when I was thinking about this, I, I thought about that one little scene where he, he reaches over to his nightstand and he grabs his cup of water and he says, "Nancy, I'm parched." I don't know why that absolutely adds absolutely nothing to this message. I mean, there's no real reason for it other than to say I just wanted to be able to say I'm parched. Right? Anyone ever, anyone ever use that term? I don't. Does any? I don't. Does anyone even use that term anymore? I don't know if they do or not. But endless to say. All right. So, uh, okay. So we see Tara and his family, and they've made it to the town of Heron, which means parched. Right. And like I said, traveling during those days was tough. It was difficult. It wasn't easy. It was a. It was a tough situation. And and by the time they got there. By the time they got to Heron, they were exhausted. When they le- before they even left on this trip, they were already emotionally drained. They were already spent. And now they've, they've walked through the desert. They've walked and, they've, and they're dry. And they're, 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 they're just in a really tough place. And, and uh, they just they needed a break. So they decide, we're going to stop here at Heron. I, I don't know if that break in Heron was supposed to be a day a week, a year. I don't know how long they were supposed to be there, but they were, they just were in this place and they said, we just, we got to stop here. We just got to get to this place. How many of you have ever felt like you were parched? How many of you guys have ever got to a place in God where, where, you know, you, you just go through a dry season. I remember one time, even this was since being in the ministry, I went about four or five months where I felt like God had completely abandoned me. And it was, it was no matter what I'd done, I would still get up and I would try to pray. I would still get up and I would try to, to do things that, you know, like, like, like I normally needed to do. I needed to pray and I needed to read my Bible. I needed to do all this stuff. But I felt like God was a million miles away. I, was, I felt parched. I felt dry. And it's during those dry seasons that, that those are really dangerous times for us. Because what happens is, during those dry seasons, what, what becomes difficult is, is uh, we become very vulnerable. And the enemy always attacks us when we're most vulnerable. He comes after us when he knows that we're already, we're, when we're already down. If he feels like we're injured a little bit, he'll come and he'll kick us right in the side because he doesn't play fair. He's not a fair guy. He always comes and he always tries to, to, to get a hold of us and mess with us at, the, at really weird times, all right? So the one thing I want you to notice, if you haven't already picked up on this, is Haran, all right? So the name Haran was Terah's son, all right? But it was also the name of the town where they stopped. So what happens 
to Tara and his family. When they get to this, they get to this town, they get to this place, and they realize this is the same name of the son who had died. They get there, and they realize that it's the same name, and, and all of a sudden, all this stuff from their past, all this pain, all these terrible memories of their son dying. Her, it, was, it was their brother, and it was a son, and it was family members, and, 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 and they're, they're, they start hurting. They're, they're, all these past emotions start coming up, and they, they rehash all this stuff, and, and it just becomes really tough for them. And the devil knew exactly what he was doing. See, he pours it on strong when he knows that we're down. He always comes at us with everything thing he can at the worst imaginable time. And for them, it couldn't have been worse timing because they were already hurting. They were tired. They were dry. They were parched. They were messed up. They couldn't seem to get things together. And then all of a sudden, they come to this town who's named after the son of, of, of Tara, and he's dead. And it just, it messes with them. So they just get to that place, and, and, he, and, he, and he just stops. And, and, and you know, the, the enemy always wants you to stop in your place of pain. When he gets you in a place of pain, he wants you to stop. That's the way he works. I remember when my wife, Tanil and I uh, had, our, had our son. We only have one. Um, we, were, we were actually at our church uh, when she went into labor. We were at our church. I was a youth pastor in Lexington. And we, there was this, it was this big youth event. We had about 400 teenagers in the building at the time. And we were doing this big thing. We had a bunch of people there from other churches. And, and it, there was, a, there was a, a nationally known guest speaker at the church. And we were in the middle of the service. And I'm sitting up on the front row, right? So Tanil, my wife, she goes, she leaves, the, in the, you know, when, once the preaching starts, she leaves to go pick up all these pizzas that we had ordered, ordered like 50 pizzas, all right? So she had ordered, you know, ordered those and went to pick them up. And this was, you know, back in the day, I don't think they would even deliver that many pizzas. I don't know if they would now or not, but, but we're in service. And one of the teenagers comes running down the center aisle. And this is the, in the middle of service. The pastor's up here preaching, all right? He comes running down the center aisle up to, up to the front of the church where I'm at. And his, his face is white. I mean, it's like white as a ghost. And, he, and, he, and, he said, and, he, and the, the guy's up here preaching, and the, the pastor's looking at him like, what is, this, what is this dumb kid doing? You know, he's like, and the kid comes up, and he runs up to where I'm at. And he said, he said Mickey, Mickey, it's Tanil, it's Tanil, it's Tanil. She's having the baby in the car. And, and I'm like, I'm like, what? You know, so I, so I, I freak out. I'm, I'm a young guy. I don't know what I'm doing. So I just take off running. I go outside and, and sure enough, she was out in the car and she had, she had, uh, her water had broken the car with the 50 pizzas, which is kind of weird, kind of gross. Uh, we didn't tell the kids that, but you know, uh, so, so we go into labor, get to the hospital. When we get to the hospital, uh, she's in, you know, the, what, well, the reason it surprised us was she was almost five weeks early. So, you know, at five weeks, like we hadn't even picked out a name. I mean, I had, I, I had had some ideas, but I was like, man, I got five weeks. You know, I got plenty of time to figure this out. So we hadn't picked out a name. We hadn't gone to the to the Lamaze classes, we, we had no clue what we were doing. Like, you know, you know, they, they teach you to breathe and push and all that stuff. Like, we didn't do any of that. It was scheduled for the following week. So we're, we're in there, and she's trying to have this baby, doesn't have a clue what to do, doesn't know how to, you know, had no training on, you know, what to do in that situation. And, and about 18 hours go by, and she's in tough labor. I mean, it's, it's terrible. It's awful, awful labor, and, and it's, it's just a really bad spot. And, and I remember um, she just kept having a hard time, and the doctor started getting worried. He, he put like a, 
like a, on, the, on the top of the baby's head, like a little monitor. And he, he said, you know, this baby's getting really stressed. His heart rate's starting to drop. And, and you know, he, he started getting worried. And, and I'm, I don't do well with medical things or bodily fluids. So, like, I'm kind of like, I'm like, the wall is like right here. And the head of the bed's like right here. And I'm holding her hand like this. I'm like, I'm like baby, you're doing great. You're doing great. You know, I, I didn't know what to do. And, and while I'm up there doing that, while I'm up there doing that, my, the doctor at this point is starting to get indignant with her, with my wife. And he, and he, and he, gets, he kind of gets up in, up in her face and he says, he says, listen, I know you're going through pain. I know this hurts, but you're going to have to push through the pain. Lady, you got to have this baby. Something bad is going to happen if you don't have this baby. Come on, push through the pain. And I'm, I'm up there like this. I'm holding on. I'm like, I'm like, wait just a minute. I wanted to go, I wanted to turn around and punch that guy. I mean, I was, I was like, because he was like being like incredibly rude to her. But then, but then at the same time, I was like, if I turn around and look at things, I'm probably going to pass out. So, so I didn't. So I was like, I'll talk to you later. You know, I was like, <laughs> and so, but when I, when I was preparing for this message, I thought back to that moment and I felt the Holy Spirit say that to me. When you go through times of pain, you have to learn to push through the pain. You cannot stop. Every time we stop, every time we have a little bit of pain, the, the, the thing that we naturally want to do, we want to just stop. We want to quit everything we're doing. We want to say, God, I'm through. I can't handle it anymore. This hurts. This is painful. This is awful. But God is telling you to stop doing what you're doing and push through the pain. you got to get to a place, even though it's uncomfortable, where God will bless you. Because she was able to push through the pain. We have a beautiful kid. We have this kid that, that, that is beautiful. And God, God always knows what's on the other side. But so often we get to a place where there's a little bit of pain and we stop. And that's what the enemy always, always wants us to do. He always wants us to stop. The crazy thing about the journey for Tara, you know, like I said, it was a diff- difficult road. And I talked about that. They're gonna, I'm going to ask them to throw a picture up up here. It was a very difficult road. It was, it was uphill to get to Heron, and it was, it, was, it was just desert-like. It was awful. But if you see this, all right, so from Ur to Heron, it was, it was all uphill. When you get, but when you get from Heron to go down to Jerusalem, it was a totally, totally different situation. There was, uh, you know, from, from the point that they were, at Haran to go down to, to Jerusalem, down to Canaan area, it was, it was all downhill, all right? It was, they, they, they were walking a lot close to the sea, so there's probably a sea breeze there, and they were, they were headed in this, to this really, really cool place. They were headed to, you know, almost beach-like conditions. So what I'm trying to say is that the very, very worst part of it for them was already over, and they didn't even realize it. The very worst part of it was already through, and they didn't realize it because they were tired, and they were hurt, and they were hungry, and they were angry, and they were, they were just, you know, there was all these emotions going on. I'm here to tell you that the devil always fights you when you are the closest to getting to the other side of what you need to get to. That's the way he works. So sometimes, sometimes I know when all hell is breaking loose in my life, I know that I'm that close 
to getting to where God wants me to be. I know that I'm so close because, because the devil, he only fights you in that way. He only fights you. He only comes at you with, with blow after blow after blow after blow because he's trying to stop something. He's trying to prohibit you from getting to where you need to go. He's trying to, to, to get you to a place to where you can just stop. And, and I'm here to tell you that Canaan is just over the hill. What you need is just over the hill. It's not that far away. Don't settle. Don't stop at Haran. Just keep going. Do what you got to do and know that when you get there, it's going to be worth it. And you got to fight through the pain. Everybody said amen. Come on. You just got to fight through that stuff. You can't stop. You cannot stop because what, what God has is bigger than Haran. It's bigger than Haran. It's so much bigger. It's, it's God, you know, they were only halfway to where God wanted them to go. The problem with Tara was that he just couldn't get past the pain. He couldn't get past it, and he, and he stopped in Heron to just revel in his pain. That's what he did. He, he, and I'm going to tell you, when you go through difficult times, you got to mourn, all right? Everybody has to mourn, but you can't stay there. You cannot stay there. You got to mourn, but then you got to get to a place where you say, you know what? I'm going to move on now. I'm going to move on. I'm going to, I'm going to get to this place where God wants me to be. Because if you stop, you know what happens? You alter your destiny. You, the place where God intended you to go is completely changed. That destiny is changed. And God wants us to fulfill our destiny. He never, he never had plans for us to stop halfway. Sometimes in life, we settle for a job. Sometimes in life, we, we stop short of an education because of something that happens. Sometimes in life, we can't even move forward in a relationship because of something that happened in the past. I've seen people in our, in our church, you know, in church experiences in the past that, that were great people, but they got hurt in the past, and they literally could not maintain a healthy relationship. Every time something would start to go good with it, they would sabotage it. Every time something would start to go well and then God would put a, a decent person in their life, a person that would be good for them, they would just intentionally sabotage it. So, so uh, the thing with the devil, the, what he does is he always throws our past in our face. That's what he does. He uses our past to mess with our head. He uses our past to kind of get in there and, 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 and mess around with us. And, and, uh, and, he, and he just wants to, to, to kind of play with our emotions just like he did with that family. He wants to do the same thing to me. He wants to do the same thing to you. But I'm here to tell you that there is authority in the name of Jesus. And you have to be able to say, you know what? I don't have to put up with this. I'm not going to put up with this anymore. When I think, when I study about Jesus... The one thing I've learned that's different about him that, than anything else that happened in the Old Testament. There's a lot of things that Jesus did. Some things happened in the Old Testament. There was miracles in the Old Testament. There was some people that were healed. But the one thing that did not happen in the Old Testament was when, when people came to him that were demon-possessed. There, no, there was no casting out of demons in the Old Testament. I don't know if you've ever thought about that. But that was only Jesus. And the reason for that was because he had a spirit of authority. When he entered this earth and he started his ministry, there was an authority that came with him that was unsurpassed. No one had ever seen anything like it before, and there's never been anything like it since. But the thing I want to tell you is that same authority 
is given to you and I. All we have to do, all we have to do is look at our situation and say, devil, I want you behind me. I have authority in the name of Jesus. I will not put up with your stuff anymore. I'm tired of being beat up. I'm tired of being destroyed. I'm tired of you torturing my mind. I'm tired of you messing with my family. I'm tired of you messing with my finances. I'm tired of you messing with every little single thing in my life. I'm tired of it. Get behind me. I'm going to keep moving. I'm going to keep going. God, I know that you've got something greater for me, and I'm not going to stop till I get there. You are bound in the name of Jesus. Sometimes you just got to talk to him because you've given that authority through Jesus. That same authority that he walked in to, to, to literally speak to devils, you have that authority. Don't let anyone tell you that you don't because the authority in the name of Jesus is there and it's, it is an unstoppable force. When you speak to him, he has to listen. You understand that? He has to listen because he doesn't have the authority that Jesus has. So what I want to tell you, I'm about to close, is don't get stuck in Heron. Don't get stuck in that place. Just don't get stuck there. Take back what is yours because you can, because you have the authority. One last thought, and I'm going to close. Tara and Abram, it said, the Bible says, if you read a couple scriptures down, it says that they lived in Haran for 205 years. They were supposed to go and live in Canaan, but they, they lived in, in Haran for 205 years. In fact, Terah, the father, dies there. Never, ever sees Canaan. And what's funny about this is during that time, during that 205 years, what happened in Canaan was the giants began to move into the land. And, and, you know, I honestly believe in my heart had Terah taken his family and he hadn't stopped in Haran, he hadn't camped out there for two, 205 years and, and, you know, dwelled on the mully grubs and done what he did, I believe he could have walked right into Canaan and he, they would have taken Canaan without, without even a fight. But see, what happened during that 205 years, giants come into the land and the enemy knew that God wanted Terah and his family to have that land, so he started making things difficult. When we delay the plans of God, the enemy instantly has a, has a foothold. He starts, he starts working against us. He starts trying to make things even more difficult to keep us from getting there. That's, that's all he does. When he, when he attacks you, when the enemy attacks you, it's always because he's trying to keep you from getting to a certain spot in your life. He's trying to, he's trying to block something from happening. This family went from being able to, to walk in to the land of Canaan and Terah being a biblical hero to a nobody, to an absolute nobody. But here's what I've got for you today. You don't have to be a nobody. You don't have to be a nobody. Whatever God has put in your heart, whatever he's, whatever he's got for you, whatever destiny that is, go after it. Don't get stuck. Don't let people... People will hurt you. It's, it's, it's normal. We're humans, all right? We mess things up. We hurt people. It's just, that's just humanity. But the thing about it is it's never too late to stop. It's never too late to start going again. You just got to make up your mind that I'm going to get to where I need to go. Amen. Why don't you bow your heads with me?